Vineyard Westside welcomes everyone. It doesn't matter where you've been or what you've done. Come as you are, because we believe that love wins, period. How y'all doing? Hey, good to see you. Thanks for being here today. Thanks for coming. It's uh, one of those, it's, it's one of the first, like, it's cold today. And it's hard to get out of bed, and you guys did it. Gold star for all of you. We're going to invite our ushers to come forward and give an offering together. Uh, if you all would please pray with me uh, as we do that. Um, Proverbs chapter 11. Proverbs 11 says, The world of the generous gets larger and larger. And the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. The one who blesses others is abundantly blessed. Those who help others are helped. And so, Lord, we are praying that uh, we would be the kind of people who bless others and that we would be blessed abundantly, that you would make good on your promise. Thank you for taking care of us, spoiling us, not just making sure that we're taken care of, but that you, you, you spoil us. And so we just say, we love you, we thank you, we give you this offering, and we pray that uh, your kingdom would benefit from it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, they're going to pass those things along. Hopefully you got a program when you came in. Uh, the program's got a couple different things in it this week that are, that are happening. Um, there's a pie bake that is actually happening today. If you are interested in helping bake some pies for some fundraising purposes and things. Um, this is a, a big job. They need help baking 50 to 60 pies. And so after the service today, uh, 11.30 a.m. until, um, you know, how, however long you want to help, um, it, it's going to be happening in the underground right below this room that we're in. Um, if you haven't been down there before, you can go through these doors and down the steps and wind around and go down to the underground area. Uh, the underground is where we do our community dinners. Um, our, we do a whole bunch of different events down there. But on Monday nights, uh, the free community dinner takes place there. They have moved back into... Um, having the, the people in person to have conversations with and share food together. And so for a while there, we were just having people line up and they would get food in to-go uh, containers and they would take it home. But now we're back to sharing meals together in person. If anybody is ever interested in serving uh, in that area, there's, there's a million ways that you can. Uh, you can always get more information in the lobby. Want me to grab a hand? Hey, hey, there I am. 
Uh, it's always a good sign when his hands like aren't on any buttons. He's like, uh. <laughs> Y'all know anybody that's a hot mess? <laughs> I heard some me, me, me. Any hot mess people in the room? Any hot mess people online? If you are watching on Facebook or on YouTube and you're a hot mess, just go ahead and type it in the chat there. Um, what I have found out along the way, I'm, I'm going to be 40 soon. I think one of the things that I've learned uh, at this point now is that there aren't any perfect people. Um, a lot of us will we'll look at people who we think they have their lives together and think that things happen for them easily. Um, they've had things handed to them. Everything works out for them. They don't have the same struggles as I do. Um, if we're ever in that place of thinking that, um, we are playing a, a victim, dum-dum game that doesn't really lead to anything, anything good. Um, what I've found is that every single person uh, is kind of a mess. They're kind of a mess in some way, uh, not to be mean. And I know that some of you truly, truly think that you are not a mess. I've talked to you about this, and you've said, well, I, this, uh, I'm not a mess. And it's, it's kind of shocking to me just because it... You know, it can, it can come across as arrogant sometimes, but also I get it when you haven't done certain things like that are obvious. You know, you haven't committed crimes. I know a lot of you in this room haven't committed crimes. Some of us, though, we have. And some of us have done things that it, it's just... It's on our list of things that we're ashamed of, just whatever, where we have made a mess of something along the way. Uh, we've either been a mess, we're, we're a mess right now, or we're one bad decision away from being a mess. And so the phrase that I'm talking about today is hot mess. Uh, this, this is an old phrase it goes back to the 19th century, and at, at the beginning, it referred to food. Um, if you are a military person or you, you've just heard this before, a hot mess would have referred to uh, just hot food in the military. Uh, a mess tent, a mess hall, a mess kit that you would eat from, just it's, it was the, the hot mess was the food that you were going to get or the place that you had it. It was a military term. Over time, it evolved, it changed, and um, it became this term that they kept using in the military, but uh, instead of using it about food, they started using the phrase hot mess when there was a bad situation going on, when they were in a firefight of some kind that they weren't sure how they were going to get out of, they would say, this is, a, this is a hot mess. Like, this is a cluster cuss. You know what I'm saying? Hot mess. In the 21st century, now, here around today, hot mess. 
What does hot mess mean now? Hot mess is like, usually, in my experience, it's usually a woman saying, I'm just a hot mess. I'm a hot mess. Is that sexist? Oh, well. I'm just saying, that's, what, that's where I've heard it more than ever. But to me, a hot mess, what it, what it kind of means is like an attractive disaster. Like an attractive disaster. If somebody's a hot mess, like there's, there's a part of them, uh, you know, this person, their life is in disarray, but they remain somewhat functional. Like, they remain somewhat functional, and they remain somewhat attractive, I would say. <laughs> that they remain somewhat functional, somewhat attractive. They still show up for work or for school. Uh, they still, they still uh, pay, you know, some of the bills that they have to, to get by. Um, one of the reasons why you might uh, struggle with coming to church, some people... Uh, some people have a hard time just walking through the doors um, when, they, when, they first, when they first show up here. Or I remember when I first went into the Vineyard Church in Tri-County and how hard it was to just walk through the doors because I had that feeling that my life was a mess and that everybody that's going to be at this church, their life is more put together than mine is. They have it together. Like, I'm... I can't let them find out who I really am. I can't let them find out what I've really done. They have their life way more together than I do. I was wrong. I was just wrong. It's something that I thought, but I was wrong. Um, You right now are surrounded by rows and rows of hot mess people. Look around the room for a second. Really do it. look around. The people that you are looking at in this room have stuff going on. They have stuff going on. Um, and the more that you talk to them, you'll find out that some part of their life is a mess. And that maybe a part of their life that's a mess is the same part that's a mess in your life. For some of us, we look in the mirror and all the time we say, oh my God, I'm just a mess. And at some point, uh, our wardrobe is not going to cover it, right? Like your wardrobe changes, your new clothes, new style. Or maybe you married a mess. Maybe you married a mess and people even warned you about it. Like his past three ex-girlfriends invited you out for coffee, sent you Facebook messages, like, I just need, we should sit down, I need to talk to you. And, they're, and you're like, no, I'm going to fix him. I'm going to fix him. Those three ladies were, were weak. I'm going to fix him. You could fix a dog. You can't fix a spouse. Some of you were or you are right now being parented by a hot mess. Somebody who's a mess or two parents who are a mess. 
Uh, or maybe you're one of the people who's super blessed, and right now you're in between messes, and life is good, but it won't be forever because life is messy. Uh, the good news, though, is that there's always someone whose life is a bigger mess than yours, right? <laughs> not really. The actual good news is it, it's not just you. It's not just you whose life is a mess. It's not just you who doesn't have something all together. Um, what, what I want to talk about today is um, an opportunity for us in the midst of our mess to become students rather than critics, uh, to become students rather than critics. I'm bringing this up because I think it is connected to some of the work that uh, that God is challenging us to uh, regarding 12-step recovery programs and uh, things along those lines. But that we are going to have to become, we're going to need to be equipped to be the people who are able to handle any kind of person who walks in off the street and we're able to love them and we're able to say, yep, that's a, that's a hot mess. I recognize one. I know one when I see one because I are one. And so we're going to try to focus on what Jesus said. Here, here's what Jesus said about about being a mess, about recognizing, seeing other people and recognizing that they're a mess. Jesus said, yank that plank. That's not a direct quote, but it's kind of that. The mess that you see in the mirror is a reminder for you. Sometimes you can't get out of that mess on your own. Um, some of you in here, you've been here for 10 years and you keep trying to get out of the mess on your own. And we keep saying, you need to go to the recovery group. You need to join a life group. You need to uh, be a part of a community. You're like, man, I'm going to give it a shot by myself again. Sometimes you can't get out of the mess on your own, and sometimes the other people in this room can't get out of the mess on their own either. The mess is often the thing that brings us together on a deeper level. Empathy, sympathy, once you hear somebody's story, um, they say that one of the most powerful things that you can say to anybody in their life is me too. Like if, if they have something that they're sharing and it's something that they went through and it was hard and, uh, or something that they're, they're confessing and it's uh, there's shame attached to it, hearing somebody else say me too, man, that's, a, that's an amazing thing. But this mess is the thing that brings us together, and it's that mess that brought God uh, to us in the first place. For God so loved the mess. For God so loved the mess that he sent his one and only son, Jesus. Red, yellow, black, and white, we are all messes in his sight. <laughs> and so the gospel, the gospel is this. The gospel is... God looking down on a messy world and deciding, I don't think I'm going to flood it again. I don't think I'm going to burn it again. I think I'm going to send my son Jesus this time to address the mess. 
to address it. This is why Jesus was such a surprise and why he wasn't recognized. The ancient world was expecting Judge Judy to show up with a sword and like an executioner mask on, like, oh, it's time to take care of business. But it wasn't. It wasn't punishment being doled out. Jesus shows up and, um, you know, the religious people of the time are like, yeah, give the bad people what they deserve, the sinners what they deserve, right? But Jesus said, we're not, gonna, we're not giving them what they deserve anymore. That's why I'm here, because we're done with the giving out what people deserve, uh, and now we are giving out grace. We're giving out grace now instead of what people deserve. They deserve death. They deserve shame. They deserve darkness. They deserve hell. They deserve pain. But we're not giving those things out. We're going to be giving out grace. If you can recognize a mess, then you can see a place where God can work. If you're able to recognize um, someone that is a mess, then you may have tapped into, uh, it, it may be a thing that God is doing to, um, to use that for his kingdom for you. The mess is a way that we can discover the gifts that God has given to us. Romans chapter 3, the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul is, um, you know, he's, a, he's kind of a nut job. He's kind of a psycho. Um, if you get to know who Paul is, I love him because he's irrational. He's dangerous. He's, um, you know, he's, he, he's not safe. He makes crazy decisions sometimes. Um, but man, he, he had faith that could move mountains and he just carried it with him. And he, man, man, he was a champion for the for the kingdom of God. Romans chapter 3, introducing Paul. It says, Now we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law, so that every mouth might be silenced and the whole world held accountable to God. Therefore, no one would be declared righteous in God's sight by the works of the law, but rather through the law we become conscious of our sin. What Paul's saying here, this is one of those, that's a hard, that's a hard paragraph. <laughs> But what Paul's saying there is that it's, uh, it's not that we're going to try to follow the law, but rather we're going to recognize. Uh, you know, when, did you, when did you first feel your conscience when you were a little kid? When you were a little kid and you felt that for the first time of what is right and wrong, of no, I shouldn't steal that, or yes, I should, do, I should put this back, I should leave that alone, I should do the good thing and not the bad thing. This is what Paul is talking about. He's saying that, that that's the law that's written on your heart. It's the law of God that's written on your heart where you know what's right and what's wrong. Awareness of it. Awareness that There is a perfect, there is a standard, there is a, um, there is a thing that God had in mind and we haven't lived up to it because our life is a mess in some way. And 
we are called into accountability for that. Further in Romans 3, it says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. Um, Matthew chapter 7 says, Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way that you judge, other people, you'll be judged, and with the measure that you use, it'll be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust that's in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank that's in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when all the time there's a plank, two by four, A plank in your own eye, you hypocrite. First, take the plank out of your own eye, and then you'll be able to see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they might trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. I believe that God is calling us to uh, press into the messy, the messy. And we've been pressing into the messy for a while, and I, I, I feel like he's calling us further. <laughs> um, and so I don't, I don't know what that looks like entirely, but I do know that it requires people who are able to recognize that that they're a hot mess, like that they have things in them that just aren't right, that aren't perfect, that aren't the way that God had intended in some way. And so we don't have to stare at somebody. You know, who do you judge? Muslims? Is it Muslim people? Who do you judge? Gay people? Trans people are pretty popular in the judgment category right now. Who, who's, who's on your list with and being able to recognize that um, if, if you don't understand something about that person, I don't. I do not understand the trans movement. I don't get it. And I've been studying and I've been putting work in. I've been having conversations and I'm dumber than I was when I began. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I have no idea where that's going. But um, the thing that God's been showing me is that just being able to recognize that, yeah, they, that, yeah they're a hot mess. So am I. I recognize one because I are one. And I got all kinds of stuff going on too. I don't have to fix them. I want to close in prayer, and uh, we, have, we have a little bit uh, extra time. I wanted to close early so that I can start us in prayer, and then um, I just feel like uh, I want to give some other people an opportunity to pray for us as a church together. Um, 
So I'm going to pray. I'll start, and then if anybody else wants to jump in, you can, you can, you can pray, pray loudly. <laughs> Lord Jesus, thank you for this church. I thank you that most, I think most of us here know, we recognize that, man, we are messed up from the chest up, that we have things that are, that are not, not right, but we also know that uh, you love us just the way that we are, but you love us so much you're not willing to leave us there. And so you call us into growth. You call us into transformation. You call us into more. You call us into healing and wholeness and change. You call us into getting stronger and better, being more honest. God, we want to represent your kingdom well, and so we just pray that you would help us to be an unjudgmental group, that whatever, whatever group that we're supposed to be reaching right now, the, the, the thing that you're challenging us to, that um, we would be able to let judgment fall completely at our feet, that we'd be able to recognize that, that, you know, that anyone who's a mess, they're, they're just like I am. So we say, come Holy Spirit. We say yes and amen, Lord. We want your favor. We want blessing, glory. Um, we want your Holy Spirit to just show up and permeate this place. Give us creativity, ideas, a fresh breath of just your life and your love. We pray that in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. For more information about Vineyard Westside, please visit vineyardwestside.com.